you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Uh, Let's just lift our hands and praise him once more today. He's honorable. He's worthy. Let's just praise him this morning. Father, we love you. We love you. We thank you for your presence we feel in this room. Oh, thank the Lord. 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 Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles today, I'll take your attention to 1 Chronicles chapter 4. First Chronicles chapter 4. And uh, let me just read a couple of verses. about a man named Jabez. The scripture says in the ninth verse of 1 Chronicles, the fourth chapter, and Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bear him with sorrow. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed and enlarge my coast and that thine hand might be with me that thou wouldest keep me from evil that it may not grieve me and here's the powerful the powerful part of that prayer and God granted him that which he requested God answered his prayer. My prayer for this church this morning and the purpose of this message today is summarized in my title this morning, God Increase Our Faith. Increase Our Faith. Lord, we need you today. Let your spirit and your power speak to hearts in the room today. Let lives be touched and changed. Increase our faith today. Let your glory and your power sweep into this house this morning and let every heart that is weary in well-doing be strengthened and let every hand that is weak be lifted. Let every heart that is discouraged this morning be encouraged and strengthened. Increase our faith in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you this morning. You can be seated.
The very name Jabez, Jabez means affliction or sorrow. The name comes from an unused root meaning to grieve. The Bible said that his mother called his name Jabez because I bear him with sorrow. The scholars are not sure of the source of the sorrow, either with sorrow for her husband being dead or by reason of the excruciating pains that she endured during childbirth. But First Chronicles, the fourth chapter, and the ninth verse, as we read this morning, says that Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. That scripture is telling us that Jabez was more deserving of honor, more responsible, perhaps, more dependable, maybe more committed or more trustworthy or more devoted than his brothers. Jabez was not more worthy because he had more, but because he had perhaps made better use of what he had available to him. That's the essence of wisdom. Knowing how to make the best out of what God has given you to work with. Some people are smarter than others, but a person with wisdom knows how to use what God has blessed you with. True honor is, is not what a person has, but honor is in the character of the one who has it. This means that Jabez excelled above his brothers because Jabez used wisdom in his life. This is a characteristic that God would have in all of his children. The desire and ambition and effort to be the very best we can be. I like people that strive to be the best they can be. I want to be the best version of me I can possibly be. When I see in a person that they slouch and, you know, I can almost watch a man walk and tell you a lot about him. The whole attitude in which he approaches. I, when I was working in the construction field, I, I could pretty much watch the men walk toward the job site and pick out the men I would want to hire on my team. It was just from their attitude the way they approached life, the way they approached work. It was the attitude of sloppiness and laziness and slumber. But Jabez was, he excelled above his brothers because he had wisdom and courage and ambition. That's, that's the, perhaps the key word. Ambition and effort to be the very best version of himself that he could be. Can I stop here for a moment? And I know the youth are out and the children are out this morning and I'm pretty much just speaking to an adult group of people that are in this room this morning, but we must never stop growing. We must never stop growing. Oh, I know we talk about the kids need to get education, need to learn, need to grow, need to become but I want to tell you this morning that we also need to be striving 
to always be better. I want to be better tomorrow than what I am today. I want to be a better man tomorrow than I am today. I want to be a better husband tomorrow than I am today. I want to be a better father tomorrow than I am today. I want to be a better pastor tomorrow than I am today. I want to be a better version of who God has called me to be tomorrow than I am today, meaning I'm going to strive and use everything that God has given me to improve myself and to move forward and to excel. The scripture spoke spoke of Jacob and he, the scripture talks about him. I believe it was Jacob. It says that he planted in the land and he received a harvest and he became, he became great. But then the scripture said that he went forward and became very great. In other words, he didn't just become satisfied with just being great, but he pushed forward to excel in every area of his life. This is a characteristic that I believe God would have for every one of us in this room today to push forward the desire and ambition and personal effort that he has placed within us to be more honorable in our future than we have been in our past. You can tell a lot about a man from his past, but I'm telling you that when we get in right relationship with God, our future can look remarkably different than our past has looked. Because God has the ability through his blood to wash away your past and to get you on track for a future that is greater. The wealthiest and the most successful in life claim that they have become so because they're willing to do what others try to avoid doing. And Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, Oh, that thou would bless me indeed and enlarge my coast, he says. This does not just mean that Jabez was asking God to give him more or to pour more blessing out on him, but rather this verse speaks of an enlargement in the area of his personal capacity. Of course, Jabez knew that this would not come without his willingness to accept the responsibility that comes along with growth. Can I ask you a question this morning? It may be the most important question you get asked today. Are you willing to accept the responsibility of growth in your life. Can I ask this church a question this morning? Are we willing to accept the responsibility that comes along with church growth? Because growth sometimes means energy and effort and sacrifice. It doesn't come easy. Growth doesn't come from being all chillaxed every day. Oh, there's a good time. We need some rest. My wife and I were looking at each other today thinking, what in the world were we thinking? I told somebody yesterday, if we, if we would have left it to a vote, we would just have a 6 p.m. service tomorrow. Talking about today. There's times that we need rest, but you can't get up every day and say, this is my day to relax and rest and just 
kick in, in neutral and just coast our way through life. People who coast their way through life never get the enlargement that God has for you and wants to put in your life. But it's people who says, I will rise early and pray. I will be faithful to my Bible reading. I'll get up and go to church when I don't feel like going to church. I'll be faithful when it's more convenient to not be faithful. But faithful people get the attention of God and people that are willing to labor and work in the kingdom of God are going to have the blessings of God. Sometimes people are always looking for the blessings of God and the favor of God. Oh God, pour a blessing out on me. And you, and, 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 and you know the Lord's wanting you to be specific and you say something like, God, give me a financial blessing. And, and you know what we immediately see is, is uh, a rain grow, uh, flowing down from heaven with $100 bills on it or a tree springing up overnight. One of those jack and the beanstalk kind of trees that just spring up overnight and we get up the next morning and it's just loaded with hundred dollar bills but most often the blessings of God comes with a little pay increase and a little opportunity to work overtime and God said I'm blessing you but what kind of attitude are you going to have toward it we say oh God bless me and the Lord is saying I'm giving you the opportunity to pray I'm giving you the opportunity to seek my face I'm giving you the opportunity we can't say that we want the blessings of God if we're silent during an altar call well pastor I'm saved and sanctified and set free and on my way to heaven and I don't want anybody to think that I that, that there may be something wrong in my life so I can't participate in altar call I don't know where that mentality ever got into the church I want to be the first one to respond to every message that is preached there ought to be something that, that just hits my heart and I say no I'm going to go forward today because I want to be better tomorrow than what I've been in my past So Jabez asked God, Lord, enlarge my coast. But this doesn't just mean that Jabez was asking God to give him more, to pour out blessings on him. But rather it speaks of an enlargement in the area of personal capacity. Of course, Jabez knew that this wouldn't come without his willingness to grow and to become more and to accept that responsibility. So the prayer of Jabez was for God to open doors of opportunity for him to increase his circle of influence and to grow in his sphere of ministry. And then he added, that thine hand might be with thee and that thou wouldest keep me from evil and that it may not grieve me. Jabez understood that if you do not keep God first in your life, even the things that should bring blessing to you can quickly become a source of grief in your life. Because we've got to keep God first. When our blessing becomes a curse, we've gotten life out of order. That's when we begin to do things we begin to give to get. When the things we do for God become burdensome and a heavy load we carry, we need to look back at how we got to where we are. 
I won't be able to quote it exactly the way he said it, but a few weeks ago there was a message preached here, and the message was about the blessings of God and the blessings of God coming into your life. And someone stepped up to me and said, perhaps some of us may already be living in that blessing because we don't even deserve to be where we are. It was the blessing of God when I was a sinner, when I was lost, when I wasn't living right and wasn't doing right and God blessed me and brought me to here. Now I'm indebted, so I'm now paying a debt for what God has done. If he never chooses to bless me again, he's already blessed me enough. When we get that kind of spirit about serving God, get ready. There's going to be more blessings in your future because your attitude toward how God has blessed you is at the edge of our memory and our thought. I thought yesterday, pardon me for personal references, but yesterday as I was at the wedding of my son, people were coming by and complimenting, complimenting our family, complimenting the wedding and saying kind things. And I had several people that came to me, people that I may not be extremely close to and see on a regular basis, but people that I know, and they would come by and compliment our family and say, wow, Brother Jordan, it's so unusual to see a family, even a minister's family, that has three sons that all three are so sold out to the work of God and sold out to ministry and active in ministry and doing good. So many, so many, one, one said so many of our friends may have one that serves God and two or three that are not even serving God. I, can I just speak to those of you this morning? I, I, this is no reflection on somebody whose children may have gone their own way, but I know several in this, in this room this morning that are in the same, walking in the same blessing. I mean, my, my wife and I, uh, we've tried our best, but we don't deserve the blessings of God that, that He has bestowed upon us. And there's several families here this morning that your, your children are all serving God. And we want to get crossways because we don't feel good sometimes. Our, our bank account's not always full. We need to get our priorities in order and understand that sometimes the blessings of God come in small things that we, they're large things that the world may seem as small, but I'm going to tell you, I've got three healthy boys that are serving God and working in ministry. I don't know that I need God to do much else for me, for me to want to just stop where I am and say, thank you, Lord. You've been better to me than I deserve. We have to be careful and we start relishing miracles of divine healing. And, and you know I preach divine healing and miracles and, and want to see more of it. But sometimes we relish the miracle of divine healing over the miracle of salvation. We get more excited over seeing somebody get blessed than we do a soul coming to salvation or seeing the faithfulness of our own family 
are seeing God bless us with our daily bread. We get disgruntled because others have more than us. Oh, am I meddling too much this morning? Oh God, how doth the wicked prosper? And God wants to look and say, my kingdom's not of this world. I've given you a life of peace and joy and, and in the Holy Ghost and I've given you your family and I've given you a church family and I've I'm making your way prosper, not as men may see your way prospering, but the prospering of God comes from a whole different angle. God is less concerned about our enjoyment in life than what we are. Sometimes all we're looking for is the enjoyment in life. I just need fun in life. And the Lord is saying, I'm blessing you in so many ways. We need to understand that there is a difference between happiness and joy. Happiness is based on things that happen in your life. The Lord didn't say I'm coming to give you happiness. He's come, said I've come to give you joy. When you get the joy of the Lord, it's different than happiness. Happiness is a result of how you feel about life. Joy is something that is down inside you that on the worst day of your life, you can say I've got a joy. I still serve God. He's still faithful. As Job said, though he slay me, Yet will I trust him. That's what joy will do. I'm not seeking for the happiness of the world, but for the joy of the Lord. I've got a joy that no tongue can tell. I've got the joy of the Lord in my heart. A true blessing is only a blessing when it points you back and keeps you close to the one that gave it. That's how you know you've really been blessed. It's when your blessing points you back. That's why some of us look around and realize we don't belong here. We don't deserve to be here. But it was the blessings of the Lord. Here I am today, still standing upright, still serving God. The doctor said it should have took me out, but it, it didn't take me out. The psychiatrist thought I'd lose my mind, but here I am, still with a somewhat a sound mind. My friend said you'd never be able to survive it, but here I am, still standing, but by the grace of God. That loss in your life, others would have lost their mind, but you've got the peace of God with you. I'm trying to preach into somebody's life this morning. I'm trying to increase your faith today to understand God's with you. He hasn't forsaken you. He's walking with you, and your blessings are coming in ways that you're not even perceiving. We need to change our thought process and quit asking God, give me more, and start recognizing all the incredible benefits that he has already given us. When blessings are an end unto themselves, they cease to be a blessing and ultimately can end up bringing grief and the lack of productivity in our lives. Our increase will either draw us closer to God and will function more powerfully under His guiding hand or we'll be enamored with the recognition of our blessings in this life and if we're not careful, it will lead to our demise we start seeking after the things of this world. The Bible said that God granted Jabez his prayer. God answered his prayer. Jabez wanted to be blessed. 
but he wanted the blessing to be under the guiding hand and protecting hand of the Lord. Yet the scripture bears out another story of blessing. A young man went to his father and he said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that belong to me. I want everything that belongs to me. I want to pack it up. I want to pack it away. And the scripture said that when he received it, he went out from his father's house and he spent everything that he had. He wasted everything that he had because his blessing had himself at the center. Read through it. The scripture is so clear. Father, give me the portion of goods that belongs to me that I, but the real blessings of God in your life should be broader than just me. The blessings of my life should be affecting everybody that is around me and close to me. The blessings of God ought to be prayed. God, I'm not asking you to just do it for me, but would you do it for my family? Would you do it for my extended family? Would you do it for my church family? Would you do it for my church? Would you do it for the kingdom's sake? When we begin to pray prayers that are bigger than just bless me and let it all be about me and let it just be what I get out of it and it starts being about the kingdom. When we start praying prayers, God bless me so that I can bless the kingdom, I can promise you blessings are going to come your way because God will test you. Some people say, well, my ship ever comes in, I'm going to really bless the church. Are you blessing the church with what you have now? Because it's a test of your faithfulness. And the truth is you'll never be be given the opportunity to rule over or to control much if you can't be found faithful in the small things. So if you can't be found faithful with the small task, don't expect God to bless you with a greater ministry. you got to be faithful where you are if you want God to bless you greater where you're going to. Oh, pastor, i got to call a God on my life. The visions and dreams that I have, wonderful. What are you doing with what you have now? Because when you get faithful with what you have now, nobody has to question. God's not going to leave you. He's not going to keep you where you are. He's going to bless you. And everything that you do is going to prosper. And it's going to get better in your future. See, we've got to stop thinking about, well, I'm going to be faithful then. Because the scripture is calling us to be faithful now. With these blessings comes great responsibility. What privileges has God granted in your lifetime? What has God done in your your life? Are you under the authority of God? Are you submitted to His will? Are you submitted to godly leadership? Are you asking God for blessings and willing to accept the responsibility to see that your blessings are greater than you, but it's going to bless others around you? 
I believe that we, as a, as a church, and I'm speaking to our membership this morning, I believe that this church, that God has been for a long time positioning this church and setting this church up for one of the greatest moves of God in our history. I genuinely believe it. God is putting things in order. He's ordering our steps. And He's given us influence and increase and honor and favor. And every time, it hasn't come overnight. Nobody's walked in and said, hey, here's where it's at. We, here's, here's millions of dollars put into the coffers. You do with it what you want. Here's hundreds of people going to just flock inside the doors. But the visions and dreams and prophecies that have been prayed over this church. People come in and said, I saw this building filled with capacity with people standing outside. That's not going to happen just on a Sunday morning all of a sudden. Where did they come from? The Lord sounds some some some, some sound of music and the people get out of their homes and that's not how it's going to happen. You know how it's going to happen? He's going to see how faithful we are over the one and the two and how much we're discipling the three and the four and when we get faithful there he'll bring the five and the six and when we're faithful there he'll bring the eight and the ten and when we're faithful there but when we complain about what we're having it's not going to happen but when we're faithful over the small things then God will give us something that is greater. Last year, we had over 400 guests that walked through the doors of our building. That's pretty incredible for a church this size and a town this size. It's pretty amazing. I'm not sure that any of us are truly yet ready to receive what God is wanting to pour out upon us. If we truly understood the responsibility, 400 guests walked through the doors of this building last year. Some of them now call this place home. I'm not speaking to the leadership and I'm not speaking to the hardworking ministry leaders, but I'm speaking to every person that is in this room this morning. What are we doing to facilitate the revival that God is sending? Because last year we did very little evangelism other than social media work and some of those things, but we didn't do a lot of door knocking. We didn't do a lot of events that were driving into the community. There wasn't a lot of that that happened, yet 400 people walked through the doors of this building. What is going to happen when we start, as soon as the weather breaks and we start sending out evangelism teams and, and, and what are we going to do with it? Are we going to come and sit through another service? Oh, that was beautiful music and great preaching. Or are we going to say, now it's time for me to recognize I've got a job to do. I've got to connect with them and disciple them and pray for them and work the altar with them and spend time with them and develop them. That's what God's calling us to do. When we start praying, oh God, that thou would bless me, we immediately start talking about money falling from heaven and the Lord saying, I want to bless your ministry, but you need to engage where you are and do what you can and use what I've given you so that I can trust you and bless you with more. God's calling this church to increase our territory, increase our capacity, to enlarge our coast. 
The prayer that Jabez prayed was such a prayer. I wish that God would give all of us the spirit of Jabez and it would rise up among the church and that we would do more than just simply live and die, but that we could say, you know what? I'm going to make a difference in my world. When reading through the genealogies of Scripture, we find many places where there are seemingly endless lists of names. I don't enjoy reading through that portion. Multitudes are listed and all that is said about them is that they lived and begat sons and daughters and died and begat sons and daughters and died. There's no legacy left. They made no real impact. They merely existed in hopes that the next generation would be successful. What about us? Are we putting all of our energy and all of our effort into the next generation? We have a powerful youth ministry and a powerful young adult ministry and a powerful children's ministry. And we've been meeting the last few weeks. I've been meeting with teams and we've been working harder and getting some of these core ministries that are already successful uh, uprighted in a way that they're going to be more successful. But we, I'm talking to the adult members of CLC this morning, are we just going to sit on the sideline and say, God bless them and use them and send them and, 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 and let them have revival? Or are we going to start saying, wait a minute, I'm not done yet. God's not finished with me yet. There's still a work that I can do. There's still somebody I can reach. There's still a Bible study that I can teach. There's still somebody that I can reach out to. I'm going to do what I can do. I don't want my name to be left on a list that he begat sons and daughters and he lived and he died. It doesn't have to end that way. It doesn't matter what you have or don't have. It doesn't matter what you've accomplished in life thus far. It doesn't have to end that way in your future. Jabez's name stood out from among his brothers. He was not a great prophet or preacher. He was not a wise ruler over great nations. He was not famous on the field of battle. Yet he was remembered, and he was remembered because of his prayer. Don't get nervous. Not here. Nobody's here this morning that I'm mentioning to, but somebody came to me some time ago and said, Pastor, I need something to do. And I said, I, I want to tell you what I want you to do. I want you to take this week and I want you to pray. And I gave them specifics to pray about. And they looked back at me and said, well, I know I can pray, but I need something really productive to do. Okay, maybe I need somebody else praying. If you don't already believe that your prayer is productive. When we value our works in other areas over our prayer, we have got things out of order in our life. Here's how Jabez's blessing came. He prayed. He prayed for increase and God granted his prayer. Oh, that thou would bless me. It was the right prayer. This was not a prayer for more things, but a prayer of increased capacity to receive what God had for him. He prayed for God to increase his faith, his capacity to believe, enlarge his borders and his territory. Jabez didn't want to stay in his comfort zone, but he wanted God to bless him. The Hebrew word used here speaks, I've shared this with you before, it speaks when he says that thou wouldest bless me 
the connotation of the Hebrew word used there, and I wouldn't dare attempt to pronounce the word because I don't speak Hebrew. So it's, it's going to have to be explained in my, in my own manner. But the word that is used here to bless indicates that he is asking God for power, for means, and for direction. It's a prayer I find myself praying. God, I need the strength. We need the means. And sometimes I'm just saying, God, I just need direction. I need to know the next step. Instead of praying, God, fill my cup, he started saying, God, increase my capacity to receive. God wants to pour you out a blessing that's greater than your capacity to receive. I talked to somebody this week, and they had mentioned how people look at them. And I looked at them back, and I said to them, stop thinking that. Well, it's how I feel people look at me. Stop thinking that. People don't look at you that way. You are looking at you that way. Stop now. Put that out of your mind and understand you need to start looking at yourself the way that God looks at you. Instead of us saying, God, bless everybody else so that I can come and enjoy it, we need to start praying, God, increase my capacity to receive what you're wanting to pour out upon me. And the capacity may start right here between our ears. We've got to start praying, God, let me start believing. Increase my faith to believe that you can use me. We sing, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. But do we believe it? And are we ready to go and exercise our faith by going to work and saying, God, I am the person that I'm asking you to use. I want to be the person. Increase my capacity so that I can. And God granted him his, wish, his wishes. Up until now, I've never had a problem believing that God has the ability to, beat our, to meet our needs. But I'm not sure that I've ever asked God. That, that word, that Hebrew word that indicates God gr- increase our borders. The, 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 the language there that is saying, God, give us the power, the means, and the direction. The neat thing that one of the commentaries says about that is it's asking God to open His hand and pour out the blessing, meaning that the blessing that God has for you is already in His hand. The prayer of Jabez is a prayer of saying, God, what I'm asking you to do is increase my ability to receive because the blessings of God is already in his hand. There's a thread all through scripture. He's more willing to give than to receive. If we know how to give gifts to our children, how much more does the heavenly father? I will not withhold any good thing. Am I in the word this morning? To them that walk uprightly. God is standing with blessings for your future and they're in his hand and he's saying all I'm waiting for you to do is to open your mind and your heart and your spirit and to receive it in the moment that you open your heart as soon as your capacity is there God says there it goes. The prayer of Jabez was God open your hand and let the blessings fall. Oh, I feel I'm speaking to somebody this morning that wants to say, God, 
increase my faith to begin to believe that when you open your hands, it's not going to fall on somebody else, but it's going to fall on me. When Elijah's mantle fell, I want you to get this in closing. Elisha prayed for a double portion of what Elijah had. God, give me a double portion. Now think about that. Elijah was a pretty powerful man, prophet of God. He took a mantle and smoked water and it parted. I mean, he I'd say that's powerful. Any of you ever parted water? Elijah's powerful. And Elisha says, God, grant me a double portion of what he just had. And when Elijah was called up, the mantle of Elijah fell. But if you read that story, Elisha didn't sit on the sideline and say, God, let that mantle come fall on me. All he prayed for was the double portion. See, so I'm trying to increase your faith. I'm trying to help you understand. When the mantle, when the mantle fell, Elijah's mantle fell, Elisha's over here. The mantle didn't fall on him. Elisha wasn't the only one that saw the mantle fall. But Elisha, the Bible said, ran to where the mantle was and he picked up the mantle. See, some of us pray for it, but we're not running for it. We're not going after it. Come on, CLC, it's time we start saying, God, I'm going to do more than just pray and wait on you to drop it on my shoulder. When I see the opportunity, I'm going after it. I'm praying for double portion. I'm going after it. I'm going after it. I'm going to get it. I'm going to find it. I'm going to have it. Oh, come on, if you want that double portion today, somebody ought to run to the front of this room today and begin to declare, God, I'm coming for it today. Increase my capacity. Let my faith be increased to see that you can use me, that I can do your work, that I can do your will.